0: Hello and welcome to the H2P podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is a thoroughly exhausted Corey Crisson. How are you doing, brother? Thoroughly
1: exhausted might be a stretch. I'm, you know, <laughs> managing this time of year. Once you're in the midseason, you manage things. And we're moving along right now. A good time, I would say, for the pit bye week, not just for myself but also for the Panthers as we had some pretty big news come across the feed today about uh, the Panthers football team, Gary.
0: Absolutely, man. And um, I think we should just start there. Phil Dracovic reportedly out as starting quarterback for the Pitt Panthers in as Christian Veyer. Talk a little bit about him later. First, Corey, let's talk about what Phil did against Virginia Tech. And then obviously we're going to have to touch on what he did as the season progressed but if you just look at the numbers and didn't watch this game he looks like a game manager 11 of 22 235 yards two touchdowns no interceptions but that's not how it played and that's not how it looked so first of all what happened in this game that directly leads to this type of a change
1: That's right. There's so much to unpack here. First off, the report coming from the Post-Gazette today, as we record this on Wednesday, that Phil Dracovic is out. Christian Bayer is in as the starting quarterback of the Panthers following the bye. Of course, Pitt is off this Saturday, and they will play Louisville. They host Louisville. Another night game, 6.30 kickoff a week from Saturday. This is uh, now nine out of 12 non-noon kickoffs guaranteed for Pitt. But I digress. Phil Dracovic is the, is the topic of conversation who is out as the starting quarterback at Pitt. And for me, Gary, I think the writing was kind of on the wall and the bye week was the time to do it. We talked on this very podcast a couple of weeks ago after, might have been even after the West Virginia game about how, yeah, Pitt was going to go get smoked by North Carolina. They did. They had to go play a really tough road environment against Virginia Tech. Didn't, I, I didn't think, I didn't think Pitt had no chance to lose it but I also didn't think Pitt was going to get blown out like they did down in Blacksburg and just watching it in moment. It's like the slow and painful death of this pit team where like Phil can only do so much. He's just right. limited. He's just not good enough to carry the, the load and hello, Ryan. Hello, Alan on the YouTube comments reminder. We're live every Wednesday, six to six 30 to talk pit sports. So, the, the play for me that kind of threw the dagger at everything there were, there were a few of them, but the one that really stood out to me was the skipping rocks throw. That's the only way I could describe it. That Dracovic made to a wide open, um, uh, Malcolm Epps, like five yards in front of him and three of those yards, the ball was skipped to him. Like, It just told me that Phil number one didn't have the confidence in himself to make the throw. It's almost as if he had the yips. But on the other hand, on the other hand, there's positives. The the touchdown throw to Means on the second drive of the game was glorious. It was what you wanted to see all year from Phil. Yep. Here's here's the definitive stat for me from this game, Gary. And at this point, it's beyond the quarterback. This has to look at Frank Signetti. Now, Pitt scored three touchdowns in this football game. One of them was a 75-yard, the bomb to means. One was a 61-yard screen pass that Sibo Flemister broke free on. And the other was the fumble recovery by Braylon Lovelace. The 61-yarder and the 75-yarder, those two touchdowns accounted for 49% of Pitt's offense on Saturday. Virginia Tech, we could talk about Pitt's defense and their struggles eventually, but because they made that backup quarterback look like Mike Vick out there. But the struggles are now clear and coherent on the offense, not just from the quarterback perspective. This is now on Frank Signetti. And the whole honeymoon of Phil coming back and Phil being the guy that was the, the guy for Boston College, for Frank Signetti, the guy that was going to bring this thing up after Keaton Slovis supposedly burned it down, it's all out the window. It's all done now. Pitt's absolved of this. They made the switch. They did what they had to do. And again, we talked about this two weeks ago, Gary, where making the change going into North Carolina was not going to solve anything for Christian Veyer. Of course, Phil got hurt in that game and Christian had to play, but right. circumstance matters. The sol- the solving wasn't going to come the week before the bye, rolling Christian out there at Virginia Tech under the lights, sellout, whiteout, enter Sam Man, all of that. This was the time to make the change if they were going to make the change. And according to the report, the change is coming for Pitt. Christian Veyer will assume the starting quarterback duties. And if you read through the report, it also said that Nate Yarnell was going to assume the backup duties. So this is a total washing away of Phil. And look, number one, credit Pat Narduzzi and credit Frank Signetti for admitting that this whole Phil Dracovic thing has been a failure. Credit them for acknowledging it and trying to move forward from it. Number two, you have to feel horrible for Phil. All of the hype, all of the welcome home, all of the hometown hero aspects of it, all gone. His career went down the drain in a matter of two months here at Pitt. It already was on on the seesaw, so to speak, when he left Notre Dame and he left Boston College, but now that his career is over, Phil Jerkovic's career is done and over with, and now Pitt has the chance to move on.
0: At some point, though, Corey, and, and maybe we'll touch on this a little bit before we start talking about what, what we can expect from Christian. Frank Signetti has to kind of be looked at for a lot of the responsibility here. Keaton Slovis isn't exactly doing poorly for BYU. No, he's not. You know, and he stepped right into a brand new offense. Already has 1,240 yards, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions, and a 63.3 completion percentage. I mean, it might not Mm -hmm. be. (laughs) Right. It might not be that these transfers stink completely you know that said what you've seen from phil you are dead on right talking about the mechanics ever since you brought it up a few weeks ago i can't unsee it every time i watch now i just see he just doesn't step into his throws he doesn't trust the arm slot yeah everything looks telegraphed it's 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 completely not the quarterback i'll i'll be honest Corey. i watched him in high school closely he's actually regressed from that point. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Alan in the YouTube comments as a reminder to those that are listening after the live stream. We are live every Wednesday from about 6 to 630 here on youtube.com slash DK Pittsburgh sports pit. And uh, we're taking live comments just like this one from Alan. Uh, Phil is the name that should not be mentioned. Funny enough, I'm currently rewatching the entire Harry Potter series uh, with my <laughs> girlfriend uh, thoroughly enjoying it. I have never seen like from start to finish Harry Potter, the, the entire lexicon, if you will. So we are currently starting uh, Deathly Hallows part one. So there's that. Um, Alan asks, and this is a great question, what did Pitt see to go after him in the portal? This is multifaceted at this stage before we take a break real quick. Number one, they wanted to bring in Phil Drakovic to compete with Keaton Slovis. That is on record by Frank Signetti that is on record that Phil was thought to be brought in as a competitor to Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis wasn't about it. So he left and they bring in Christian Bayer to essentially be the future of the program at the position along with Nate Yarnell. As it turns out, that future is now it was not as much about this guy's a really good quarterback. Let's target him. This was about, he has a system fit with Frank Signetti, or so we thought, and that he was a, a product to essentially jumpstart Keaton Slovis or at least compete with Keaton Slovis and potentially beat him out for the job. There really was no guarantee in the initial that Phil Dracovic was going to be the starter. It's just that Keaton Slovis left. So there's a lot of layers to that whole why Phil? Why not go target some other quarterback? This was, these were the reasons why, Gary, if we want to go to a break.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely time to take a break, just like your Harry Potter series. It's going to be like magic. If you're watching on video, you're not going to feel it. back to the h2p podcast here on dk pittsburgh sports podcast network and we just got done talking about why the pit panthers are moving on from phil dracovic to be honest Corey, we probably recorded that episode three weeks ago so (laughs) sure um facts are hey it's happened now so we have a new quarterback in town christian Veyer. i don't know a whole lot about him he's highly recruited Seems to have a lot of pedigree behind him, but I don't know anything about him. What can we expect?
1: Christian Vayer was highly touted out of Canada, and Penn State, James Franklin, really wanted him as a project quarterback. The thing that pushed Christian Vayer out of Penn State was some kid named Drew Aller, who is one of the best quarterbacks going in college football right now. Uh, real quick, Alan asks, how long is Signetti's contract? I would have to do a public records request to find that for you. Uh, those information, th- that information is never publicly disclosed. So I'd have to do a quick, uh, a quick FOIA for you, which might take some time <laughs> to get in. Um, Christian Veyer, really highly, uh, coveted, I would say out of Canada, out of high school, you know, really tall, good build for a quarterback. He's kind of what you want as far as build is concerned for a guy that could stand in the pocket and run this style of offense. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say immediately that Christian Bayer is automatically going to be better than Phil Djokovic. However, as we have said before, Gary, how could it get worse? Number one. Right. And number two, this is more about having to jumpstart the future for Pitt, regardless of how Christian plays this year. And there's reasons to believe that he could be better than Phil based on the it could not get any worse quotient. And there's also reasons to believe that what we are about to see in these final seven games of the season is going to set the table up for what Pitt does at that position next year. Now, whether yeah. that is Nate Yarnell, Christian Veyer, Ty Diefenbach, who's redshirting this year, at quarterback, they liked him out of California. Um, Julian Duggar coming down the line in, in, in a couple of years. Like, this is the start of the next era of Pitt football. The, the, the bridge between Kenny Pickett and, and what these guys are going to be was Keaton Slovis and Phil Dracovic. That was the bridge. And that's what Pat Narduzzi and Frank Signetti felt it apropos to do right after this Kenny Pickett, you know, lightning 2021 season. And they had a good year last year with really bad quarterback play. Keaton Slovis was not what you wanted him to be for Pitt. And they still got to the Sun Bowl, won nine games and was finished. You know, they finished with an AP ranking. But what Christian Veyer brings to the table, I think, um, at minimum, at the base surface, because, again, we haven't really seen him play in an ideal circumstance. And I do believe, as Alan Alan brings up, I do believe Christian has four years of eligibility left. Um, Once you count the portal year and a red shirt and everything. So they're, they're trying to determine the future of this position, and they like him as a prototype quarterback that can develop into this offense. I'm not going to say he's going to be Drew Aller rock star type, but I do think that there is potential for him, maybe not this year, but next year to grow into a really solid player.
0: Right. I mean, I guess my question would be, Corey, if sometimes too young in college is too young, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's what, what what's going on here, but. Is there anything he could do in this year that would get him scratched off the list? Do you know what I mean? That's a great question. And right now I think
1: that answer hinges on Frank Signetti's status. Think of it this way. If this persists, okay. If if all of these, I'll call them failures for this pit offense persists, right? Where the only offense they could pull are two big splash plays to account for touchdowns. If this persists, then it wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, becomes a Frank Signetti issue and not a Keaton Slovis slash Phil Dracovic slash Christian Bayer slash Nate Yarnell, et cetera, issue at quarterback. Like you okay. said, Keaton's not Keenan's not winning the Heisman this year, but he's doing okay over at BYU. He's doing
0: yeah. okay. Which is a comparable school to Pitt. I mean, whether we want to admit it or not, It, it is. In that vacuum, yes. So one of two things is going
1: to happen. Actually, one of a few things is going to happen. Christian's going to do well, and this is vindicated. Number two, Christian struggles, and we start to call into question whether that's a Christian Bayer problem or a Frank Signetti problem, because right now, Gary, I think it's more of a Frank Signetti problem. You can only do so much when you're limited on offense, and I know Mackensaw was being out for the year, Ryan Jacoby being out for the year, Jake Cradle being banged up. It helps absolutely nothing, and and yeah. this, like you said, youth is youth. Like BJ Williams over at right guard was a disaster for that game that he was in there, like. The offensive line's going through a lot. The receivers aren't getting open and are not getting separation. The running backs aren't doing amazing. Ronnie Hammond's doing okay, but he's not getting the touches that he probably should. At this point, Gary, it's more—it's going to be more of a system thing, and you have to analyze. If you listen to the postgame press conference, I asked Pat Narduzzi specifically about Frank Cignetti. and I specifically asked him. How do you analyze or what do you have to do to analyze Frank Signetti's system, the preparation, the game planning, all of that kind of stuff? Because at some level, it's not just about the bad quarterback play. At some level, it is, is he drawing up concepts for his wide receivers to get a chance to get open? Is he drawing up blocking schemes for Rodney Hammond to run through? Is he doing stuff for Gavin Bartholomew, the best player on on that offense right now? And right now, Gary, on all three of those questions – they're check no, check no, and check no. So I think there's only so much I think that Christian can do this year.
0: I think it's important, Corey, for, for, I mean, I don't sneak a pat, pat on the back here. Okay. But we were talking about this when they were semi successful last year. We didn't understand some of the usage or the utilization of some of what we felt could be contributors. You know, we, we talked about Bartholomew all year thought how that really could have helped key the slow development having that safety net just kind of out there running more patterns but maybe it is signetting will they be able to learn enough this year for that that's really what the rest of this year is is learning what needs changed or augmented moving into the next year right at this point pits one in four okay if you look at the schedule
1: what games do I feel comfortable about Pitt winning, not competing in winning? The only two I could really look at and say are Wake Forest and Boston College. Those are the only two games that I could sit here right now on October 4th and say I like Pitt's chances in that game. I don't like their chances against Louisville after the bye. I don't like their chances, certainly at Notre Dame. I don't like their chances against Syracuse, Florida State, Duke. Uh, depending on Riley Leonard, I suppose, with Duke. But my point is, is I really only like Pitt's chances going forward in two of these games, which would result in, and I'm not a math major, a three and nine season. So, look, maybe it was just Kenny Pickett in 2021. Maybe it was Israel Abana Canada last year. Think about this, Gary. Pitt won that Virginia Tech game last year because Izzy rushed for a school record yards and six touchdowns. Yep. They don't win that football game if Izzy doesn't have a record day. Like there are there are tangible, and like there are tangible things that you saw last year as you talk about now that are rubbing off again into this year. Now, Alan asks any word on fixing the O line in the defense. Here's my answer to that. This is more than it's not only a quarterback issue, right? It's also a scheme issue for Frank Sighetti, But also, I will say for the defense, I think it's a bit of a personnel issue. We have not talked about enough about how Pitt lost six NFL players from that defense. Kalijah, Servassier, Aldonado, Deslin Alexander, Hallett, and Hill. They lost those six players. And I think right now you're really seeing not just the impacts that those guys have made, and I think this more speaks about Hallett and Hill and how they were able to bottle up the top and the middle of that secondary. The case in point, MJ Devonshire getting absolutely just run by on that bomb touchdown in the first quarter um, that that you know, drones through deep. He was a step and a half behind the receiver. In past games, he has center field help. He has an experienced guy back there giving him center field help. I think this is more about personnel at this point. The offensive line obviously is banged up and injured, and they have their two, you know, their 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 best pass blocker in and Matt out for the year, and then Jay Cradle, their center, their anchor, has been out for you know an extended period of time. On the defense, they just have these young guys that are coming in. Their whole program mantra is development. We're going to take these three star prospects and develop them well, the development hasn't come through for the Nate Temple and the Bam Brima and, you know, all these other guys that they're rolling out of the defensive line and really within the linebacker room, they started Nick Lappy on Saturday. Nick Lappy used to be a walk-on. When's the last time a walk-on or anybody on that status even sniffed the field for a Pat Narduzzi defense this early in his career? Yeah. You have and to go the back defense, and look a long time.
0: The defense played 37, almost 38 minutes against Virginia Tech. You know, I... You you have youth, and then you're asking youth to like not only be youth but be ready to yeah. stand and deliver for almost 40 minutes in a in a football game. I just I, I think it's a lot to ask, and it's really hard for me to judge the defense because of it. They I mean, yeah, they have their own stake in like not getting off the field, but three and out after three and out, it just kills you over time. It's unacceptable. Yeah. I,
1: I, I say this at almost every day I feel. I feel like I'm repeating myself when I talk about the Steelers. Dude, you got Pitt. two
0: teams doing the same stuff. So
1: I yeah. feel like I'm repeating myself because the Steelers are built to run the football, milk clock, play great defense, and win football games that way. That's how Pitt's built. Pitt is built to run the football, milk clock, play great defense, and win. That's exactly what they did last year. That's how they got to the Sun Bowl. They won eight games in the regular season. That's how they did this last year.
0: Like, hey, Before we take Alan's yeah. next question, let's go ahead and take another quick break here. All right. Welcome back to the H2P podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Corey and Gary with you. We're going to bring a little bit of pit basketball into this here because Corey and I have a rare opportunity. We have a bye week for pit football this next week. So we get to do, you know, a little bit of more focus on pit hoops. And I'm really excited about that. So we figured we'd start and kind of give you a little bit of flavor of what we're talking about by talking about a returning player that We want to get you familiar with all these guys again. And Will Jeffers is one that I wanted to focus on this week. Mm -hmm. He was out all last year, but he was around. What should we expect from him, Corey?
1: With Papa Conte missing the season with his knee injury, I think Will Jeffers is now Pitt's best defender. Period. I think he's going to be the high energy. Maybe not the glue guy I haven't d- detected a glue guy on the indicator yet. We know I love my glue guys in basketball. He might be that glue guy though. He's going to play great defense. He's going to run the floor well. He's going to take open shots. I don't know if he'll knock them down necessarily. We have to see how he's improved in his shooting. But the one thing that Will Jeffers talked about the other day and uh, this was on the uh, in Oakland. He, he did a a press conference and I wasn't able to attend it because I was doing Steelers stuff. Sure. But he talked about his growth as a player. And the main thing he talked about was decisiveness and being willing to recognize plays faster. And he said, and I think this is a great quote from him and I'll paraphrase it. He wants to turn that from a trait in a skill into an instinct. And I think that's huge. If Will Jeffers can make that kind of jump, I'm not asking him to be Jamarius Burton. Right but it's no secret that Jeff Capel's system thrives off of a guy like a Jamarius Burton, that system fit JB so well last year. And what I think Will Jeffers can do is something as far as a role is concerned, similar to what Burton was doing last year. I'm not going to ask him to lead the team in scoring. I'm not going to ask him to lead the team in rebounding, but I expect him to contribute on all fronts this year. And he says he's healthy he says the grass is green right here where I watered. I love that quote from him when he was asked about, why didn't you transfer? He was like, sometimes the grass is not greener on the other side. Sometimes it's just greener where you water it. And Will Jefferson really wants to be here and really wants to be a contributor to this pit team this year.
0: That's half the battle. And, and I think it's probably good for some of the existing leadership to have somebody that was around the team back again. Uh, it just kind of adds to that continuity a little bit, right? Mm-hmm.
1: You have to think about it this way, and we talked about this when we first broke into the pit hoops 2023-24 season. With all of the losses from last year, meaning no Nellie Cummings, no Greg Elliott, no JB, um, no Nike Sabandi. Like those major pieces that are leaving are hard to replace in and of themselves. And we talked about Blake Henson stepping up as the leader of this team, which he's going to be. But I think Will Jeffers, being with the team last year and and writing through that experience and absorbing all of that knowledge that he was able to absorb while being off the court. I know they say an injury can really just damn a player sometimes from that perspective because he's not in game. And there's things that you can't learn off the court that you do learn on the court, and that's true. But Jeffers had a really nice, I would say, method to picking up what Jeff Capel was putting down. And he was able to see the changes in the system that led to the success last year. Now this pit team is going to have to lean on freshmen. They're going to have to lean on the front court. They're going to have to lean on Blake Hinson to make plays. This is going to be a different pit team this year, but I think Jeffress is going to play a really nice role in whatever pits going to be able to do this year in a positive sense.
0: Yeah. It's, it's always good to have, I think, those uh, utility guys. I always felt like Jeffers was going to be a utility guy on this team. And, and it kind of feels like that's the role that is is being set up for him. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. I actually think he would have made a big difference last year as mm-hmm. far as uh, their beginning of their NCAA tournament. I think he definitely would have helped them crack. One last question here. The most stable coach, right now in Pittsburgh sports might be Jeff Cable. <laughs> wow. Depends on where you look. Uh,
1: Randy Waldron. Maybe if you look at Pitt women's soccer, yeah. if you want to go that route. Yeah. I mean, wow. With Keith Danbrott. I mean, if you want to look at Duquesne hoops. Yeah, there you go. I mean, there's it, it right now, you know, the penguins, you know, Mike Sullivan, you could argue. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say with these football teams on the South side, it's really hard to say right now just from looking at the Pirates with with Derek Shelton, but you can argue Jeff Capel for all of the years that there were instability within his own program. Now it seems like the cart is at least back on the tracks. The train is back on the tracks. Last season was a leap. It wasn't a step. It was a leap for Jeff Capel's program and just Jeff Capel's overall outlook as a as a head coach And as a developer of basketball talent last year, validated the hiring of Jeff Capel from the start. This is what Heather like looked for. And Alan brings it up. How did Pitt basketball fall so far? What did Stallings do now, Gary? I don't think you want to rehash the Stallings era, but, but Jeff Capel did inherit quite the mess. The recruiting was off. The transfers were going out. He didn't recruit the right guys. He didn't recruit the right culture. Like what the Stallings era did would have set anybody up, anybody in a bad spot. And Jeff Capel inherited a bad spot and turned it into a positive. It took a while, but he got there.
0: He absolutely did. And I think that they did a pretty poor sales job on, on that whole transition to. they made it sound like he was going to pretty instantly be able to write the ship and and it it just was never going to be that easy and uh he survived it to his credit and i i just think that he deserves a shout out for that because he's been stable for a few years now and and kind of fought through to get there so we always criticize them when they do badly we should probably praise them when they do well right
1: Oh, he deserves all the credit in the world for what happened last year. He found he, – remember at the beginning of last year, we're like, I don't know. It's four transfers that are entering the starting lineup. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they're going to do. How are they going to gel this, that, and the other. And Capel found a way to make all of these little pieces fit together. And it was a beautiful thing last year. It was really great. And unfortunately, he hadn't had a normal offseason to follow it up with, as we've talked about before, with the whole Dior Johnson fiasco. Yeah. Uh, you know, players coming and going from the portal late and who's gonna suit up now and Blake Henson testing the NBA waters. Like Jeff Capel has not had a normal offseason here. And now it feels like even with the stability, he still couldn't get that normal off season.
0: He he does a good job of making you feel like he's not reeling from it though. And, oh, absolutely. Well, I, I think that I think that kind of translates down to his players because that was a lot of the success of last year. They didn't, they didn't give off any appearance that they were reeling when they got smacked in the face either. So I think they were a reflection of their coach. I'm looking forward to the season, man. I'm really looking forward to a basketball show next week. So
1: like, That's right. Next week here on H2P, we're going to do a full on basketball show. We're going to preview the season. We're going to talk about the pieces. We're going to talk about the fits, the potential starters. Uh, with the pit by week. It's a good week to do it. So we're going to be a basketball heavy show one week from today.
0: It's going to be great. So hey we'll end it the way we do every week. H2P